And welcome, everybody. It is today my sincere pleasure to welcome my friend and co-recruit from Special Forces, Nastia Lukin. You guys know her as a five-time gold medalist at the 2008 Olympic Games. I'm not sure if they were all uh, gold, including the all-around gold medal. She has since been inducted into the International Gymnastics Hall of Fame, the USA Gymnastics Hall of Fame, the United States Olympic Hall of Fame, and she founded one of the most prestigious events in the sport of gymnastics, the Nastia Lukin Cup. For the past decade, she has been the lead female gymnastic analyst with NBC Olympics. Who better than her? And uh, she and I got to know each other very well over uh, the course of this adventure we all went on. And mostly today, in addition to giving you all a chance on Twitter Spaces to talk to her as well, uh, I want to talk about the things you didn't see on the show. Because there's a lot. But all of us agree when we got off, we're like, my goodness, there was so much interesting stuff that happened. In fact... I want us to do an Unseen Moments show at some point. But today we're dedicated to Special Forces. We'll, of course, be back tomorrow with our usual conversation. But let's get right to it. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell do you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it, I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. And again, welcome, everybody. Uh, tomorrow, just a reminder, we'll be doing calls again, which have not done a call show in quite some time. I'm exclusively your questions. Uh, I've been on a couple of Twitter spaces uh, regarding the Twitter file dumps uh, recently, and there's a lot of new thinking going around. Uh, I had the um, privilege of speaking to a congressperson today as well who had some plans to sort of shake up what we've all been worried about. So that's coming tomorrow. There may be a guest tomorrow, but I think I'm pref my, prefer is to, my preference is to have calls on Wednesday, we still have um, Dr. Stephen Hatfield. Is that correct, Caleb? Am I getting that yes, correct? Yes, that's correct. That been Very excited for All him. All right. And that's, of course, with Kelly again and Ryan Cole coming back on February 1st. And I think Dr. Victory got January 25th book with um, Jessica Rose. Is that correct as well? Anybody want to help po me with possi that? Possibly. Uh, possibly. Also, it's, yeah. All right. It's a doctor. Yeah, Dr. Jessica Rose, not the Jessica Rose from Lonely Girl 15, which I thought it was no. at first. Yeah. <laughs> As an internet person. Oh, my God. Wow. You, oh, yeah, you've been on the internet. Or you've been doing this stuff too long, Caleb. <laughs> no, this is, a, this is a brilliant researcher who has some strong opinions. Uh, of course, I'm watching you all on the restream here as well as over at the uh, Rumble Rants. I just see the First Lady of Love over there and not much else going on. But do join us. Yeah, no rumblies. No rumblies. And before, well, it's a different time. To, whenever we come in early, sometimes. Yes, it gets know. a little weird for people. And... Um, before we started, Susan leaned in and goes, they need to have flashbacks. And I said, no, no, no. The way reality shows work is you have unseen moment shows. And oh. today we're going to talk about those unseen moments with my friend, Nastia Lucan. Nastia, welcome. Having me. This oh, is no, the Mike. I've there we really are. Been waiting for. <gasps> <laughs> this is it. Here it is. Forget all those gold medals and all that business. So b before we get into our experience, um, Tell people about your story a little bit, if you don't mind, because I found it so fascinating with your dad and Russia and all, all those elements that I think make you very such an interesting person, please. Well, thank you. First of all, it's an honor to um, have met you, been on an insane show with you that we'll dive into. But yeah, my, my background, I was, I was born in Moscow and 
both my parents, um, only child, both my parents were world Olympic champion gymnast. And uh, yeah, uh, I think I was born with like some good genes, I guess you could say, you know, and some, some, <laughs> yeah, a couple. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> They actually, you know, they really didn't want me to do gymnastics just because they like knew how hard the sport was. They wanted me to find my happiness and my joy. And, and that came from gymnastics. And then they saw, you know, at a very early age, also a God-given talent. And they were like, okay, well, we're not going to take that away from you. So um, they let me do it. And um, them letting me do it uh, kind of led me to, you know, setting these goals for myself strictly like I wanted to be just like my parents. I wanted to be a world champion. I wanted to be an Olympic champion. I wanted to be the best in the world. And I was so, so lucky that, you know, I was able to do that with my dad as my coach, like right by my side. And I think like that to me, yeah, of course there were like, you know, like we're such similar people and we're perfectionist and we're stubborn and we're all of those things, which, you know, at times like of frustration or whatever, like it was hard. It was hard being a teenager and thinking that like you knew better, even though, you know, of course I knew I was not right at times, but um, having that moment, like the biggest, greatest moment of my entire life with my dad right next to me was a moment that I, I truly will, you know, cherish and remember for the rest of my life. You also, I forget the story you told me exactly, but it, it just stayed with me as you had some sort of moment of clarity, thanks to your dad or something like he set some limit down with you when you were a teenager or, or sort of, or maybe backed off. I don't know what the story was, but you sort of told me a story and I, and I don't remember the details at all. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, I think what, what, and it actually, it's really interesting tying it back into the show now and not realizing it then also not realizing it when I even told you the first time, I think, but it really was about like being the best version of yourself and competing against yourself. And he was like such a numbers person that he would write down, you know, all of my routines, start values, and then like, so gymnastics scoring, not to get too technical here, but it's gotten super complicated. And basically there's two sides of the scoring system. One is the difficulty and one is the execution. So difficulty is like the skills you perform. Execution is, you know, basically point your toes, you know, don't like stick your landing, all of that. And he would put the like the bare minimum, like execution score and come and, and just like show me like, look, like all you have to do is literally like land on your feet, like, and, and it's yours. And so I think I was always so not worried about others, but I was always like trying to be better than somebody else. And when I mm. realized like, you're on your own journey, like, just like you do you like focus on yourself because that's all that matters. And that's the best you can do. And especially in a sport that is subjective. Like we, there um, are moments Susan, that a judge could win, like or could make yeah, someone yeah, else I, I, they like you better. That's right. I, I, Susan, I wonder if you want to lean in on this because we had we were an ice skating family for a minute. Yes, and uh, had we know very exactly similar. what you're talking about. Yeah, very similar, very similar stuff. Solo sport and, and judges and, and you know like subjective you wear side of it. and what you, like you yeah, know it's yeah. all. Like somebody's like opinion, essentially. Like, yeah, you can say obviously if you fall, you fall. But like when it comes down at the very top, and like 
this is of every sport, every industry, everything. It's you're all great. Right. And it's like, okay, it's that little extra something. And sometimes you like the difference between first and second place, you know, could be one tenth of a point. And that could be based on literally a judge liking somebody else better or your country or your leotard or something. So it's like, yeah, that's what I think I realized pretty early on in life. And so, you know, fast forward to the show and Remy telling me that I'm literally like, this is my journey. This is not about anybody else. And I was like, yeah, like I kind of like went back to not remembering that a little bit and just kind Mm. of thinking like, but like they did better than me and they didn't get special treatment. And like I had all these things like in my head. And at the end of the day, I also remember the importance of integrity. I was raised with that and our staff, our directing staff, like when we got there, the importance of integrity. And to me, you know, special treatment, like getting special treatment in that moment was, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that. But, but it's, it's, it's so interesting to me that, that every one of us, the, the intensity of the experience was like nothing else. And that we all came away with stuff. We all came away with really important things, no matter how long we stayed, which is sort of extraordinary. And these great relationships on top of that. And, and that's, that's what I was about to add on to. Like, it doesn't matter how long we stayed. Like, obviously, I am not on the show anymore. You are not either. And, you know, not to give any spoilers for, you know, the rest that's to come. But it's like every single one of us, like, I think one of the greatest things, yes, the experiences and, you know, pushing yourself to the limit and all that. But it's I think like the thing I was least expecting was to come away with like the relationships and friendships that we like kind of like all created. And not that like I didn't want that or I didn't need that, but I just like didn't think that it would be like that strong. Yeah, I, I didn't either. But but I would argue, I mean, people can see how spontaneous and friendly and stuff you are just two minutes talking to you. Anybody would see that right away. But I would argue that to some extent, I'm laughing because I, this is a theory of mine, that you're somewhat responsible for it because it we you you broke down the quarantine completely on like day one. And that created a group of us. And that created a group of us that the, that everybody else sort of came around after that. So it was you, me, Danny, Beverly, Gus, and uh, uh, Hannah. And uh, we all hung out for a week, so we all got to know each other very, very well. So when we got in there, we were already looking out for each other. We were all very supportive of each other. And the other guys just kind of came in around us, it seemed to me. Uh, am I getting that? <clears throat> yeah, certainly. I mean, so I knew Danny and Gus for a while, you and I had briefly met, I think at an event like way back when. Um, and then Hannah, I, I hadn't met her, but we had done Dancing with the Stars to get like, not together, but like, it's okay. kind of like you're you know part of the fa- part of a family essentially. So you think you yeah. know each other. Yeah. Beverly, yeah. I had never, never met, but just is so lovely and like so friendly. You think that you've known her your whole life. So I think yeah. like, the moment I walked outside that first day when we were at the hotel in quarantine and I saw Danny and this is like typical in Danny fashion, the a backpack that with like weights he stole from the whole j- hotel gym, his boots on, it is like a hundred degrees outside. And I, and like, he's just running back and, and I'm like, 
Holy shit. Wait, wait, no, like, wait a minute, Nastia. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He was all that plus a sweat hoodie with a parka on yes. and headsets. And and I saw that in yeah. Santa and it was 105. I took a picture of the of the temperature that day on my phone. And I I saw that insanity running it on the beach. I went, well, that's gotta be one of us. So that's why I went well, out to, to meet him. <laughs> and so I saw him, but I couldn't tell who it was, obviously, because he's like, you know, like just yeah, hoodie on, headphones, like whatever. And I'm like, like who else is first it was the shoes for me like dead giveaway like it was the shoes. yeah the boots are giveaway we all have the same boots yeah but then immediately i'm like well first of all before i figure out who this is i haven't even like walked two feet in my boots and so i start panicking because and they sent them to us to break in and i just didn't and, you know, I'm like, well, at this point, it's probably too late. So I'm like, okay, get past that. And then I see you and Beverly. And so then you guys start kind of like, you know, talking. And I'm like, okay, this for sure. But, but I'm still like far enough away. But then it was kind of like everyone knew we weren't supposed to be talking or like, you know, because we were <laughs> quarantining and like it was top secret. And then I was like, no, yep. no, no. Like we're, we're all going to hang, like we're all in this together. And so, yeah, that's what we did. And it was, it was, that was it. (laughs) So here's, here's uh, a, what happened up on the high wire for you, which was an amazing experience. And you put it on Instagram and compared it again. I I can't believe that, that it's even anywhere, anywhere near what the balance beam was for you, but that's an interesting side by side. To be completely honest, I feel like it was harder than that moment just because and this is the way that and I'm sure for you and and for pretty much everyone else, we had no idea what we were like going into. We couldn't prepare right. for it. You know, it's like, right. Yes, there are moments and situations within all of our careers and all of our industries where like you feel a little unprepared or like, you know, but you do you did your absolute best to whether it's, you know, read up on somebody or study or train as hard as you can but like, you're not quite prepared. Oh no, this was like, you have no idea no what way. you're walking yeah. through. Like you could yeah. watch it. You could, you know, think, I remember all of us like, like sitting there just like scheming being like, okay, so if we have to do this, like, like people were literally teaching each other breathing methods. Like while we were sitting on the <laughs> <That's> beach, <true. laughs> like, true. like looking That's up true. YouTube met, like videos. And I'm just like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? And as I recall, you had not, you were the only person I think in the whole group that didn't train, really train for this. You you didn't really train, which I found astonishing. At all. At all. (laughs) So my, okay, I had one, I had one workout session. I happened to be in New York during the time of like all of this happening, you know, it was like the calls with production and like contract, like everything. And so- we weren't allowed to tell anybody, obviously, but one of my closest, dearest friends is also my trainer in New York. And so I told her and she was like, all right, let's go. I'm canceling all my other clients. Like we're going. And I was like, no, 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 That's not why I told you. I was like, I'm good. I don't need. And I did end up burning out that day. My, my thought though was, okay, I know that I'm not going to be physically like where I want to be and like going into this, like I would never go into gymnastics competition as unprepared or as just like weak as I was. 
that being said, I knew mentally I needed to be in a place where I was able to kind of take on that challenge. And for me, part of that mental state is my body not being like, I didn't want to go into it sore to begin with. And I knew with the, like the lack of time that I had, I just needed to like, I see. Uh, so that was my thought and process so, of like, and so yeah. Nastia laid on the beach for the whole week that we were so all. So I want to interject something. <laughs> so my, our friend, our good friend, Heather McDonald is like a huge reality show, like housewives follower. And she called me up. She goes, um, why did you do this? And juicy scoop. She's why did you scoop. do this? And why did you let him? I would never do this in a million years. And are you, are you, are you kidding me? Did you want him to die? Was that a secret? Was that a secret <laughs> wish of yours? So funny. Like, thanks for being our friend. Uh, no, she, I mean, she it's, didn't. It's treat. so true though. Like, it, like after watching it, like you would, yeah, you would think like, oh, did you just like read your will for the first time? And like, you realize, no, I'm just, I'm totally kidding. But like, that's my dad, it, it, honestly. It was scary. Yeah. My dad literally said after watching the first and like this is months after we filmed it but he was like why like yeah did you not have enough <laughs> you know like yeah. training your whole life like being you know like putting like literally just ever and like nothing was shown well, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Hold on. We'll talk about that. But 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 I, I did notice there's like two camps of people out there that, that people that really because you cannot describe what this experience is like. You can't. But people who sort of appreciated that and kind of got into it with us and people who stand back and go, what are you doing? What's all this about? What's happening here? And why did you do it? And uh, it, it's fascinating to me because all of us, I don't think anybody regrets, have any regrets or feels that we should have, yeah, we're all like, no, this was a great experience. We all came in with something important. And so uh, I, I have a weird thing for me. And Remy asked me this. And uh, I kind of have a score to settle. He goes, would you go back in? And I said, yeah, I, I, cause I'm really so pissed that I went out the way I did. And, um, and you, and you probably understand that, you know what I mean? You understand you want to do your best and not have, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's and funny. it was just interrupted. I, I, I got sick. I got sick. Yeah, so that was, sick. I know. And it was like that watching you, like, I think that hit us all like, really hard because you were kind of like our glue like the foundation and our glue and like we just we all trusted you for some reason no clue why no i'm just kidding but we were just like okay if dr drew is is doing this and if he think like we we kind of felt more at ease for some reason knowing like you were there and like if something truly i I remember thinking in my mind, if something is like truly going to kill me or like I am at risk, whether it's like physically my health, like something like I knew I could look at you and you would like give me like a face or a glare or like something to kind of yeah. like, yeah. you know, like, and so it was like yeah. the feeling like you, we didn't have our, you know, for me, like you don't have your parents, you don't have your coaches, you don't have your significant others, like you don't have any of that. And so I think you were that person, at least for me, and I know a lot of other people. And so the second you went, it was just like, oh my gosh, like, wait, first of all, like, 
no, that's my lifeline. But also, wait, no, <laughs> I know that he like you were so, like you did not want that, you know, at all. And so it was no, like, I it was, was I was into so it. I, I was I had a good I had a great day. I had a great day all day. And then all of a sudden sick of shit like out of the blue. But but I think some of the reason I was I was an anchor for some people was uh, Piazza and Scaramucci said, Oh, we're glad you're here. You're older than us. I'm so glad you're here. And that was their and that was their reason that that I that they were felt better. But but um I, I want to get back to the the um your feelings about getting so called special treatment. I I think mm -hmm. I would have been of help to the group there. Because first of all, why do they give a shit? If you're taking an hour to do an exercise, that's more time for them to also, rest also, and take water. Also, it was not an hour. <laughs> well, let's say uh, it was. I would have. I would have said, let's let's take advantage of this for Christ's sake. Well, it's just at that's a period of time they're they're not abusing us. So that, fine, that, let her take as much time as she wants. <laughs> literally, thank you. you know? That was literally exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, we are sitting in the shape, like. Like we have yeah. like a little shade. Thing. We're shade. shade. That's a big deal. Yeah, shade water. was a big deal. Water, big Which deal. Sounds, yeah, all big deals. So, and you're looking into the ocean, like just. Yeah. Just had to pee though. Pretend you're Gus in Malibu. Exactly. Yeah. Gus could have peed right there if he wanted to. There's no problem with that. Honestly, but, we were soaking um, wet, like from getting in and yeah. out of the ocean. Like I guarantee. I said, you why didn't he go in the water when he was in there? That's right. He could have peed in the water. <laughs> So yeah, all right, so, so let's uh, let let's so anyway, I thought that was and and that you took it so personally, I, it really bothered me. I I, I just thought, oh man, that, that I, and so I understand I where the perfectionism like, and the team stuff, and I, I get where all that comes from, but it really troubled me that you did that to yourself. So I think that yes, like the integrity aspect, as I mentioned, like being raised with you know. The importance of integrity or not even not even just that but to take it a level like further basically like i never wanted to win the olympics or win any competition just because like somebody else fell or somebody else messed up and had a bad day you know i always wanted everybody to essentially have the best day of their entire life and like when you know at the end of the day when the results are named like whoever's actually best comes out on top so that was like one aspect. This though was really hard for me to grasp and understand because it wasn't a competition. And I think like that was, to be completely honest, like one of the biggest reasons that I did sign up to do this because my whole life has been a competition. You know, it was like from the start of, gosh, I think I was five years old in my first competition all the way through, you know, my mid twenties. And then even like, other team, like Dancing with the Stars, like every single thing I've done has always been a competition. And so I thought, wow, like for the first time, like this will actually be amazing to do something for yourself, to be on this journey for like strictly like for yourself and not anybody else. Like you can't get kicked off. You can't get eliminated. Like it's literally in your own hands. And so I think like what nobody, not even like the audience, but even our fellow recruits, like they also didn't see when I went to, you know, each of like the directing staff to when it was my turn, when I was like called on deck, basically, I was trying to leave. <laughs> like 
I was not trying to be convinced. I was not trying to stay. I was not trying to get help or special treatment. I was like, out of full respect, thank you so much. But I was like, I, I, I physically can't do this. this is my limit. Like, thank you. Like, I'm out. I was trying to hand off like my, my armband, like multiple times. And they all just were trying to convince me. And so that was what took so long because they were trying to convince me. And I was like, nope, nope. I, I'm like stubborn, like as stubborn as it comes. And so Remy finally was like, listen, like, what if I get in the car with you? And I was like, think like, again, respect. I appreciate it, but that's not going to help me. Like it, it, it's not like, I'm not afraid of water. I'm not afraid of like this. I just like knew that I couldn't, um, you know, breathe or hold my breath for that long. The interesting part, obviously of production is, uh, the stopwatch on the TV when they played it. Like I was not down there for 20 seconds. Um, I remember Remy putting, I think it was less than 10 seconds, something on his Apple watch. And uh, he said, as soon as it gets, you know, down to whatever from like 10 seconds, as soon as time's up, like that's when you can go. Oh, I, as soon as the car was submerged, I was out. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think for me, like I did it. Yes, I, I did. I did go down in the car. Yes, he was with me, whatever. But like, I still didn't complete the task like everybody else. Yeah. And I got special treat. Like it, there were so many things that just didn't feel right to yeah. me. And then yeah. when I got back to like our the little tent that we were all sitting at and not a single person would look at me or say anything to me, that's when I was like, Got it. Like, I don't want to, like, this journey is hard enough. I don't want to be here now as somebody that, like, no one wants to talk to, no one wants to look at, or people are annoyed yeah, with. Be terrible. And then, you know, yeah. yeah, Mel was just like, but you did, like, she was like super encouraging. And I was just like, yeah, but I, I, I didn't really. <laughs> like, I, I didn't really quite do it like everybody else, but I just kind of like checked out then because I knew. This was now not the experience that I wanted to have. This, these were now, these relationships all of a sudden, like this, this wasn't it. And uh, it makes it like in the moment made me sad, but I also kind of knew like, I get it. Full respect, like integrity is important. And, and it is to me too. And I felt like that was kind of at stake and that was being tested. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Uh, and I, I'm sorry it made, that you're, like you said, it made you sad. I saw my, Piazza tried to convince you. Susan wasn't uh, overwhelmed with Mike's persuasion. Yeah, everybody capacity. tried to convince and walked away. <laughs> <He's not the laughs> no, I know. But, 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 so the thing but about more than Mike, that, like I, the Hollywood side of it is always like, it's in the back of your head. It's like, how much is this Hollywood? And how much is this real? You want to, like you stuck to your course. guns and said, I'm, I'm ready to go. I don't. It, and they it, wanted to keep women on, obviously, because they didn't want all the women to be gone in the first. But it five makes minutes. much more sense when she describes it this way. You see the of full. Course. You really see what was going on in her. That's why I want to do an unseen moments with this show because there's, there's so much stuff like this. We have we have many more things like this to talk about as we go on here. Um, but it it is it is. You said something, you know, a few minutes ago. You said uh, in your in, in we weren't even talking about integrity. We were talking about. Well, the integrity was in the mix, but in your competing career, you said you fall, you fall. If you fall, you fall, right? 
And, and in a way, that's kind of what happened to you. And I, it made me think, wow, you had one of the epic falls in gymnastics and, and, and people appreciated it. People liked that you'd had that happen to you because it made them, it made it that if you fall, you fall sort of axiom sort of come home for everybody. Yeah. And I mean, that was the end of li literally that moment was the end of my career. And, uh, you know, in the moment, so I was trying to make my second Olympic team. And in the moment, I remember being so embarrassed, like my whole life and not because anybody ever taught me this, but for some reason in my mind, I instilled to myself that, you know, like people are only going to love you or support you or cheer you on if you're the best, if you win first place, if you have a good competition, yeah. if you're perfect. Yeah, literally, if you're perfect. And so the moment that I had there at the Olympic trials, now as the reigning Olympic all around champion, where you really should be perfect, uh, was, you know, I literally fell flat on my face. And I remember laying there on that mat thinking like, oh my God, like, I'm so mortified. I'm so embarrassed. I, you know, have disappointed what I thought was like millions of people, people expected more. And uh, then I remember like my dad, like the dad instinct came out and he was not my coach in that moment. And he was like, you can be done. Mm. Like, let's just, it's all good. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like you literally taught me ever since day one that no matter what you do, you always have to finish what you've started. And so for me in that moment, I was like, this routine doesn't matter anymore. I am not making my second Olympic team but I want it to end on my own terms. And so I got up, I finished my routine, laid on my feet. And for the very first time in my entire life and career, I had a standing ovation for the worst routine mm. of my entire life and career. Is I didn't know that part. That's fascinating. And so that moment to me, when that happened, I started looking around the arena thinking like, who else just went and had an amazing routine and is, you know, well on their way to making that Olympic, not a single person was going, I was dead last, like on that event. And I remember thinking like, but why people shouldn't even be clapping or cheering for me. And then it took me some time to realize, but that was the moment that kind of made me realize like, we're never going to be defined by our accomplishments. We're never going to be defined by a gold medal, a placement, a job title, a salary, a relationship, like any of those, like those things and moments don't define who we are as humans. But up until then, I, I thought and lived as if they did. And so seeing like 20,000 people stand to their feet for the worst routine of my entire career, like, I kid you not, the, I fell flat on my face. Like, you guys can YouTube it. And Caleb it's can show it. It's it's an epic fall. I mean, like, my boyfriend, before we met and started dating, he didn't realize that was me. He used to, like, send the meme gif, gif thingy, like, oh, as a no. joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. And so, like, later on in our relationship, and I told him, and he was like, oh, my God, that's you? And I was like, oh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, Caleb, like, you gonna play it? You just saw it. He no, just, I, I can tell Caleb just saw it. <laughs> no, uh, no, I was reacting to the the story about the boyfriend doing the, the gift. Wow, that, what a uh, yeah. what yeah, a move! He's funny. in trouble now. Yeah. Jeez, but yeah. uh, he, uh, <laughs> Drew. Sorry, I can't like, actually. I can't play the video, but what I'll do is I'll I'll find it and I'll embed it on the website after the show's over. 
Because I can't really there's, a, there's a race still that I'm just like splat Superman, like on my face, like on the mat. Yeah, it was um quite a moment, but I think it also it that moment to me became the defining moment of my entire life and career. Because when I won the Olympics, nobody was standing on their feet. Like everybody was just like, okay, great, congratulations, that's great. But like being the best is not relatable. Being the best is not what like someone wants to like well, be I, part I'm of gonna, or I'm, cheer you. I, I'm I'm gonna push you push back a little bit and say that nobody imagines they could ever do what you do. And so it's not as impressive to them, but to live with integrity and spirit and not giving up all these things that we could all do that we should, you're, you become a model for that and it's inspiring. And I think that's really what we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. And I think it was on. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, you're right. Like nobody can relate. Wow. The the golden hour right now is just oh, wow. like <laughs> really going well with my story. This is not We're going to take like, a break in a second. You can, you can put some shades up if you want. We'll take a little break or at least turn your ring light off. <laughs> it was about everyone's going to have a moment where they fall on their face. Literally like I did yeah, figuratively. That's right. And it's about picking yourself yeah. up and how do I pick myself yeah. up and how do I keep going? That's right. Thousand percent, thousand percent, and that's where the inspiration, the integrity, and the yeah. all, all these kinds of these things come rushing in. All right, so here's the deal: uh, we're going to take a little break. Uh, we are going to then take some phone calls, and then we're going to talk about some more unseen moments. And I want to talk a little bit about your your maternal language too. I think that's fascinating. You know that I, I think you know that kind of fascinated me when we were talking about it in the desert or at the beach, wherever we were. All right, yes. we'll be right back with Nasty Lucan after this. Genucel has so many products that Susan and I love. Their XV Moisturizer locks in moisture, making dry spots a thing of the past, which is especially great with the colder weather, of course. And with the immediate effects, too, you can see these results in as little as 12 hours. Guaranteed or your money back. Susan loves Genucel's Vitamin C Serum, the new deep correcting serum with lactic acid that hydrates your skin and reduces fine lines while preventing future wrinkles from forming. Don't believe me? Listen to Susan. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great. I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time, and I'm so excited because it's actually working. Take advantage of this New Year's promotion by going to Genucel.com and getting 60% off now with a complimentary gift set when you subscribe to my favorite package at Genucel.com slash Drew. All orders are upgraded to free shipping for the rest of the season. Use code DREW at checkout for an extra 10% off your entire order. That is genucel.com slash DREW, G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash D-R-E-W. My guest is Philip Patrick. He is a precious metal specialist, trains at University of Redlands. He has spent years as a wealth manager at Citigroup, and his current position is with Birch Gold Group. So gold has always been uh, somewhat of a safe haven, particularly in times of great turmoil. Uh, much like our present moment, I imagine. Gold has always traditionally been a safe haven asset. Gold specifically has, has always been about wealth preservation, right? Gold has 
always held its buying power. You can look at as far back as you'd like in history. In biblical times, one ounce of gold would buy somebody 400 loaves of bread. And today it does the same thing. So it's a store of value. But I would say in times like this, as you mentioned, it's particularly important when you're dealing with things like 40-year high inflation, uh, you know, the air that's coming out of a stock market bubble. These times in particular tend to drive gold and silver up quite significantly. If things are different, the solution needs to be different as well. So I encourage everyone to get informed. And we have a lot of good information here to help your listeners. Just a reminder, I am not a financial advisor and I do not give out financial advice nor investing advice. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out now. Visit birchgold.com slash Drew and secure your future with gold. Do it now. The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh, boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, went, oh, boy. <laughs> he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor Mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. And we are back with Nastia Lucan. And Susan, you want to lean in and tell me what you were just saying there? Hold on one second, Nastia. She was she was saying how... how Susan, well, I, we all I'm went trying... out to dinner the other night and Susan was there and she went, she looked around the table afterwards at me. She goes, you guys wouldn't even know each other if it was for this show. And yet we become these really close friends. You know, And Nasi really was very nice too because she said, oh, I made these great friendships with all of you. And then she re looked over at me and she said, and you, you're my friend now too, Susan. And I felt so good inside. <laughs> but, but what I noticed is that you guys are bonded like a band of brothers. It's like really strange to see. The women are different together than the men. I'm going to say that as well because I've, I've met a group of each – each mm -hmm. one separately. But the, even though Drew was only there for like 12 hours or whatever, or maybe you guys knew each other during the quarantine. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. It's, he, like, it's weird that it doesn't he was, matter. Yeah. He was changed forever. And yeah. he's not, he's, he's a better person for it because he realizes he's a perfectionist too, like you are. And he realizes that, you know, you can only do so much. And he's, he, he felt like a failure, but he never fails at anything, you know, but he also learned that he has you guys still to keep 
you know, this moment in life, I guess. I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's hard. It's hard to put words. He doesn't do yeah. WhatsApp with 12 people at the same time. He's not a WhatsApp <laughs> group what? texter. All, like you guys have been like little girls. Group text. Like both of those yeah. things. I, I hate WhatsApp and I hate group text. And the fact that like we're, we're, we're all in it. Um, actually the WhatsApp to blame is because of Mel. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to call her out there, yeah. but yeah. But, um, yeah. You know, like you, you, Susan, like you said, the best way that I can kind of put it into perspective, at least for me, because I've thought so much about it and like this group is I am the only child. So, you know, I don't have brothers mm. and sisters. My boyfriend mm. is one of six. So he has like, you know, brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews like for days. So with me, I think the closest to like that feeling that I have felt um, besides this cast of, of our fellow recruits was my Olympic team. Mm. Having this bond, like I've never been able to relate it to anything else except for the five other girls that were on my Olympic team, because you go through something that you will remember for the rest of your life. You, you know, for so many, including myself, um, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity experience and, and nobody can fully understand all of it unless you are like there, unless you are part of it. Yep. And that yep. bond that we have now, like I, I say this every single time I talk about my teammates, like if one of them called me right now in the middle of this, my Olympic teammates, or honestly, like fellow recruits. And they said, like, I need help. I need you. I need something. I would, you know, apologize and say, I'm so sorry, Dr. Drew. Like I, I have to go. And yeah. there's not many people in the world that you yeah. will do that for. It's true. And if you notice, Jamie Lynn said the same thing. Do you notice that at that little thing we did as promotion? She said she really doesn't have friends because of all the stuff in her life. And, yeah. and this is her friends. She feels like really connected to all of us, which is amazing. I, I've got some calls for you. Ilana, go ahead here. There you are. Hi, Nastia. Um, this is like ridiculously exciting for me. So uh, let me just fan, fan girl for a second. Um, but I wanted to let you know, I was at that San Jose meet in 2012 when you fell. And I want you to know that, I don't know if you realize that awesome. we were all, you know, part of this 20,000 or whatever it was, that we were all like, so proud of you that you were doing this four years after winning the all around gold that it didn't really matter. I mean, the fact that you were there out there again um, was so exciting that you got back, you know, four years after taking time off to doing that. And even though you fell, we all just wanted to cheer you on and tell you that we love you and we are super proud of you. So in case you didn't know that, wanted to know that you are aware of that. So, but anyway, you. my question you. to you was, <laughs> you're very welcome, but just know that. I mean, it was like, it's such a big deal. So that's why I'm like, you know, fangirling out. So <laughs> apologize for that. Um, but um, how did you think that gymnastics helped you with special forces? First of all, again, thank you times like a million. Um, 
that was very, very special and sweet. And thank you for sharing. Hang, hang, on, uh, a, hang on a second, Nasty. I'm going to interrupt. Ilana is kind of a, a friend, and she is responsible for this bobblehead. Maybe we make wait, a Nasty a bobblehead well, too, I, Ilana. I, Maybe. We need to. I want a Doctor Drew one. one. Yes. For, <laughs> for one of the one of the shelves here in my in my studio. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, that's oh! Too I funny. thought we sent no. you one. Okay, we'll, right, send, we'll you send you no, one. No, we, uh, we didn't. Uh, if you get me her address, I'll send her one. Well, if we have a making a Nastia bobblehead. That's what I'm more interested in. I'm, what about that? Uh, you know, I am all for doing that. If Nastia would like to do that, I'm quite happy to discuss with her off air. All right, Nastia. So you can tell Susan if you're interested in that. I think it'd be fantastic. Perfect. Uh, but anyway, so go ahead, Nasty. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, I'm I'm glad you did because that was a very important story I needed to know. And I'm like, clearly, I have plenty of little spaces still open and on the shelves for <laughs> Doctor Drew. Um, so I think for me, I think it was the mental strength, the mental toughness. Honestly, um, I think what really like and I touched on it earlier but it was what didn't help me for sure was the lack like not being prepared and not feeling prepared not feeling ready and and like that caused anxiety for me because again I just kept thinking like you would never go into any gymnastics competition little like the olympics like olympic trials whatever it is as unprepared as you are in this moment but there was I guess I I could have certainly done more physical activity and gotten stronger but it also came about like so quickly um the whole show itself but then i think it was just the lack of like you know my dad always instilled in me like integrity is like that whole thing but also the importance of getting enough sleep the importance of like proper nutrition the importance of recovery and rest and and you know all those things where like we did not have any of that it was you Nothing. prop your little feet up on your backpack if you have two minutes then like you get your two minutes of you know blood flow and rest and recovery and the nutrition aspect i thought you know i was feeding my dog what i was eating um <laughs> most of the days and i and i understand i understand the like logic and all of that but i think that part was hard for me the part that helped me, I think, was just like locking it in. And also, you know, I've I've had a coach my entire life. I've gone to training camps. I've gone to competitions where we have a head coach. And so for me, that was the directing staff. When you are lined up, you better book it to, you know, the parade square or to line up. You better, you know, look them in the eye and show respect and all of that. And it's really funny because I think Dwight really struggled with that a little bit. Um, and yes, he did. Uh, yeah, we all, we all struggled therefore, because you know, when one person gets punished or in trouble, we all do. And I think that was also something that was different for me with gymnastics being such an individual sport, you know, the team yeah. aspect to it was something I had to adjust. Yeah, you know, Danny said the same thing about coaching that you just said that he was it, was. it felt familiar to him. You know, maybe you don't know a part of my story. One of the reasons I got in such trouble with the fluids, they kept threatening to punish the group if anybody didn't have their water topped off. My water was never topped off, 
And so whenever they'd ask me, I go, I'm fine. I'm full, full, full tank. That's it. I'm done. I didn't want them punishing everybody. And, and that's kind of an, it's, it's, again, that's another sort of, it's strategic. You have to figure out how to manage that in such a way that you don't hurt yourself and you don't get your group punished. Of course. And it's like that, you know, again, not being selfish by any means, but it's also like, have you, you know, I'm sure like, like Remy, like if you would go back into this, knowing what you know now, you would make sure yeah. to have your water, like you would oh, make yeah. sure to oh, yeah. do it completely different. I, I guarantee. And yep. so, you know, That's lessons right. learned and, you know, there's so many amazing, again, I think we learned so much, but I, I have, and not speaking on behalf of anybody else, but I think the greatest thing that for me came out of this was truly, you know, 15 other brothers and sisters for the rest of my life. Yeah, we all say the same thing. Yeah, we literally all say the same thing. I, I'm <laughs> going to get some more people up here, see if they have questions for you. This is somebody that goes as per perceptually enhanced. Uh, <laughs> There you, uh, <laughs> you have to unmute yourself in the lower left-hand corner there like uh, COVID's an like uh, Caleb's animation showed us. There oh, you there are. Oh, there we are. There you are. Perfect. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, my name is Tom. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Dobre dzień, Nastia. Yes. <laughs> this is absolutely what I wanted to get into next. So let's go go have at it a little bit in Russian. I yeah, great, great segue. I'm actually, I'm Polish. And so Polish and Russian, kind of similar. We have some similar words. You know, we say nazdrowie uh, uh, when we cheers. Similar in Russian, zazdrowie. Um, and certainly dobry dzień and dzień dobry. So fantastic. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, I was just talking about the show this weekend with a SEAL buddy of mine who's good friends with Remy. Um, but I was kind of curious uh, about some of your training earlier in life, I guess, getting ready for the Olympics. Mm. Um, were you involved or did you participate in any kind of blindfolded training? Uh, Dr. Drew, in the, uh, in the Ask Dr. Drew, I sent you a, a quick message with a couple screenshots from a paper. Mm. Um, the, the, the paper says the following. This is just the title, and then we can get into it in a second. You can uh, let me know what you think. Visual Sensory Deprivation an innovative training method for proprioceptive specific strength enhancement. It may, it makes sense, I guess. Well, let's see what Nastia says. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nastia, go me. ahead. You know, I think not to make light of it at all, but like four inches, the balance beam is only four inches wide. So um, being blindfolded would be extremely difficult, I guess, and, and um, dangerous. But I, yeah, I, I can't say i have any experience can, can you like think that. of any 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 deficiency from a coaching standpoint nastia where that might be an intervention you know coaches always have odd you know interesting ways of that maybe somebody's that well, i don't know communication would be a, an immediate one dr drew communication you know, yeah there, there was a, a paper published a few years ago where they looked at blindfolding um residents in the hospital and they had a bunch of residents on the pediatric code team and they blindfolded the leader, and they found that the commands that the leader gave were much clearer for the team. The communication between the team members and the leader of the team was was greatly improved through removing vision. You know, in the uh, in the message that I sent you, you know, one of the shots there is, um, you know, looks at the sequence elements that are involved in proprioception, yeah. and so you know, balance. You've got input from three different sensory systems: yeah. vestibular somatosensory, and visual. 
Mm-hmm. Those that, that's it. You know, and so when you when you take away the vision, you're forcing your other systems. No, I get it. I get it. I get, I, I get what you're doing. I, I just I and it's a fascinating idea. I just am not sure that it's worth the risk of injury or where you would use that kind of thing because the reality is you are using your vision. It's like it's like like when you take a piano player and and uh, blindfold them. Well, maybe for specific goals in mind or something, but I don't know. I'm not sure it's worth the risk. And and you're saying you don't think it would have helped you. And you know, we yeah. went, by the way, we were we were blindfolded in the desert a good deal of the time at the beginning. I know, I was about and to I don't say, know that like, did much for us. Yeah. And uh again, can only speak on behalf of like my own experiences. I am such a visual learner. Like I like whether it was gymnastics, like dancing with the stars, I remember my partner who was Derek Huff, who was incredible, but he would literally there were times where he would be like, dude, this is, and I was like, like, that's what the word sounded like to me. And I was like, can you show me once? And then I literally will repeat it. And I think it was very similar for me, at least in gymnastics, we had huge like monitors, you know, TVs basically throughout the gym. And if, if your coach tells you a correction or mistake, there are times and moments where like, you don't quite feel like not like you don't feel like you're doing that mistake or correction but you you don't understand or when you see yourself doing it then you're like okay I now know how to fix it so that's what I mean I guess by like a visual kind of learner so for me yeah fully understand fully respect but yeah I I was kind of the opposite I guess yeah, I, I'm kind of that way. I, I have lots of weird visual and auditory learning things that are, I think, yeah. kind of, I get, and everyone has their own stuff. Yeah, uh, I was remiss, by the way, I have not, I've not mentioned the show is Wednesdays at nine o'clock on Fox, Fox Network. Um, now let's go back to your, it's your, Russian is your maternal language, right? So it's so interesting because I always like struggle with, like, so I was born there, we moved um both my parents um you know grew up there we moved when i was about two and a half so because two and a half the age two and a half was so and maybe you guys can tell me as as parents but like i don't remember how much of a vocabulary i mean i guess yeah you're speaking but because we moved to the united states so early on i you know quickly adapt like English is much, much easier for me. I would now consider it, you know, my like go-to. I have to some, if I'm speaking Russian to my grandparents or or whatever, there are certain words that I have, like I have to pause and think what is that yeah. word or yeah. I never no, learned I get how it. to read I get it. basically in Russian. But, but, I, but I'm guessing, I'm, but I'm guessing you, your parents continued to speak it in the home, and so you probably understand it a lot better than you can produce it. And that's hundred percent. That's kind of the yeah. way, yeah. And that's kind of the way languages are, unless you're immersed in it, unless you have to speak it. That's kind of the way it, way it works. And and you were sort of you know, two and a half. You you definitely can't, you'd probably your accent is good, and probably your sort of um, ease with the basics is you know sort of locked in. And then mm-hmm. th- then that's it. But Back to stories. You told me a crazy story about waitresses talking shit about you at a at a restaurant in Russian or something. Do you, oh my do you remember God, the yes. story? 
Yeah, so... <laughs> so it cracked me up. <laughs> so we were... For the Sochi Olympics, I was there with NBC, and I just was... I was filming this segment, and, you know, our produ- like we were all just... Nobody else spoke Russian, and it was kind of just my... Um, like side note like oh by the way i actually can you know speak i think everybody was used to people not speaking you know any russian basically while you know people were there for the olympics and so um yeah we were ordering and i i really like to blend in like no matter where i am not just like in different countries or whatever i i don't like to you know cause a scene i don't clearly as you can tell on the show i'm like i'm out i don't want special treatment but i think so i just was like okay there's a group of us it you know it'd be just just do what everybody else is doing kind of um and uh, i should have just done the opposite from the beginning because they basically got pretty annoyed with um us not being able to speak Russian or like the group basically. (laughs) And yeah, they just like started talking about us and our entire group. And I was like, uh, I I didn't say anything back to what they were saying. I just like made sure the next time that they came over to the table (laughs) to speak Russian and they were like, oh shit. Okay. Got it. (laughs) So yeah, it's so funny. It does. Like it. One of my best friends growing up, my um, my dad's business partner, who uh, he was is a coach at like my second dad essentially. Uh, he has a a daughter as well, and we would just like, you know, we both grew up like she's a year older than me, and so we would always speak English because it was like more of the cool thing to do because when you speak a different language, Mm. different culture, Mm. when you're young not cool. Um, I appreciate it. But then it was like, you know, but then all of a sudden we just randomly start talking Russian to just annoy, like, this is what you do when you're like, you know, a a child and literally doing like childish things. But we thought it was like the funniest, craziest thing that no one could understand us. And here we are just like talking, uh, not even about anybody, just like talking about like what we want to eat or like something stupid, you know? Yeah. But, but yeah. you know what? I, everybody can appreciate kind of the little thrill of having a secret language with a good friend, you know, oh, and, and if what? you're a young, you know you're a young kid. Yeah. yeah you're a young kid. And of course you're going to do stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like a magic power. It's kind of, it's kind of, kind of, maybe that's why I'm fascinated <laughs> by it for you. But, but just to flesh out that story, what were the waitresses saying? You didn't tell me in the desert. Now, now you're going to tell me what they actually were saying. Well, to be honest, I think it was, I don't remember fully the story, but I know that they were annoyed with like us, you know, the Americans basically not speaking Russian and not understanding or right. not doing something not right, but essentially, you know, to, it was a lot. I mean, no matter what country you're in, like it's a lot to come into like, basically a country where you don't speak the language on both parts. And so, yeah, I, re- yeah. I remember that being like, Ooh, do I, do, do I like say something now? Like, but then what do you say? Like, Oh, I'm going to stop you right there before you really shit talk <laughs> on us because I actually understand everything you're saying right now. Or do I pretend like this whole time? I don't know. And then I was like, Oh God, this is my perfectionism in my head of like, what's the right thing to do there there's not a right, right thing to do. <laughs> you just like i think you play it. i think you played it pretty good you played it pretty well like that's pretty it, it, maximum humor yeah. too which is good 
Yeah. And so but let's let's go back to the show in the remaining time and talk a little bit more about the the sort of unseen stuff that you wanted to bring forward for people. You mentioned uh, before the cameras heated up that the the order was a little kind of weird and it's made it look like you and Mel left like five minutes apart and and there were sort of elements like that. There's so much happening those first few days. I mean, constantly stuff going on that you just didn't yeah. see. The fact too, like, I think the one, the first thing right off the bat, that little, that little run that we did right when we got there was not a little run. I, I know. hate running. I hate running. Like, and I was like, oh, of course, like, this is literally what we have to do first. And not to mention, not only was it just a, a run, we were doing bear crawls and push-ups and squats and holding squats and keeping up with people and getting yelled at not to be last. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, this is literally going to last hours. And it looked like in the episode, we did like a little, a hop, skip and a jump away, whatever. And it was like, we were there. And I'm like, yeah, like literally I remember watching yeah. being so like, no, 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 no. Can everyone just, Pause and be proud of me for a second because I ran at least two miles plus did stuff in between and we were dying. <laughs> so yeah. anyways, that we was were like dying. The yeah. Fun. Yeah. There, and there were, and there was a lot of stuff like that where, when you do, you just saw a few seconds of it and it went on a lot like longer completely than like, but naked <laughs> changing in front of each other, like right from the beginning, like that was a lot. Yeah, that like, was craziness. You know, yeah. So, so, that 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 moment, I feel like that whole experience in the parade area yeah. is what stripped us. Literally, we were stripped down. Literally. I mean, we, we, were, we were people. Literally, you, you looked like we were just sort of changing clothes. No, no, we were stripped. We were then yelled at. Then we were instructed to do more things, and then we were back in the water, and then we were in the sand. We were back in the water, and uh, and and people, if you remember the part, the part that kind of bothered me that they didn't show was when we all jumped in the water, we were in there a couple of times, people were jumping on top of each other. And that, that like oh. really concerned me, right? And then people so, couldn't get out. There was a number of people that couldn't get out. So I remember, of course, <laughs> me being like competitive and like, you know, again, like for, you have to be like the first to everything, whether it's lunch or a meal, whatever. So like in my mind, that instinct like immediately took over, which... I thought was really interesting because I have not been in a situation like that in well over 10 years. And so it just, it just like a, a flip switched. And I like, just like, was like, you have to like go first or else like you're going to get in trouble. And uh, so I jumped right away and all of a sudden, like people were jumping on top of me and I'm like, yes, again, if you know, like none of this was shown, but it's like, I can't hold my breath very well. And so right. I was, I start panicking as I feel weight and I just keep getting like pushed under and you don't realize how deep that tank is. It's I forget. Very, how deep I didn't know what the bottom, I never got to the bottom. I don't think I ever got to the bottom. It's at least eight feet deep, maybe 10 feet deep. It, yeah. I, I think I heard it was between 10 and 12. I might be wrong, but that makes sense. I no, that makes like, sense. It's just like, yeah. So that was already. And, and, and like, the other part is it, it was not a pool. It was like a sack. And so you couldn't get traction on the plastic on the side. No, and the and lip was about three and a half feet. 
Luckily for me, the only thing I think that helped me was like the flexibility. I literally just swung my leg over the side. Like, like I was like in a full like scale, like kind of thing. And just somehow like push myself up. Like, and also, by the way, we have our boots on, which you don't, I don't know if any of, (laughs) any of the listeners and viewers today, but like, when those boots are wet it feels like you have ankle like try doing anything with like five ten ankle pound weights on so yeah it was a yep and other clothes too like yeah and in something i i know what what i did is you know i grabbed the tube if you grab the lip of the tube you can throw yourself up or you can just secure yourself there and I was always yeah. mystified why other people didn't do that because <laughs> I would just I just grabbed the tube and held on for a minute, and then I tried to help other people as as I got out. I know. Well, that well, and I think that was the thing too. Right from the beginning, you none of us really knew. For me, I remember thinking like you you brought up you just brought up like this memory in my mind because you said like then you would help other people, and it's like immediately in my mind I'm like, okay, do I help? Like people are struggling. I don't want to leave them behind, but am I going to get in trouble for not just like worrying about myself and getting to that? Cause it's like, that was day one. We didn't know what to do. And so then you're like, okay, do I just say like, screw it. Like, like who cares if I get in trouble, I need to help my already teammates and friends. But then it was, it was like us, then they were screaming like, hurry up and get there. And I'm just like, <sighs> yep. like, yeah, it yep. was a lot. Yeah. No, no. Uh, I don't think anybody had any um, resentments or notes for anybody because we were all just trying to figure it out. And then they started yelling us to help people, other people out. So I was like, okay. But even then, if you didn't do it fast enough, they'd start yelling at you. So it was, it was I mean, very it was like weird. You weird. Yeah. Well, then that's sort of what they were going for. But what did we know at that? Do you remember at lunch on day one when Kate looked up and went, guys, look at us. They've, they've changed us already. Do you remember her saying that? Yeah. I, I, there was a moment for me when she said that because I was just like, wow, she's right. We're four hours in and we are like changed already. Oh, it's so interesting because I think the moment, I was going to say cafeteria, but like it wasn't even that. It was like, you know, the a little tent where yeah. we ate basically. But the moments in there for some reason, I think we all felt a little bit more like at ease and at peace because we thought that they couldn't, like, we were all like, we have to at least eat something. (laughs) And so we kind of thought like, we at least have five or 10 minutes where we, while we were like in our actual tent with like our cots and everything, we could have gotten called at any moment. When we were eating, it was like our sacred moment of Okay, we're, we at least have a few moments. So I think everyone just like, everyone's blood pl- pressure kind of went down for a second. And we actually, yeah, there were some really like, m- like interesting moments in there where everyone yeah. just kind yeah. of like paused and took a breath. Yeah, yeah. I, and so some of the stuff we saw with you and Mel was in there, wasn't it? Yeah. It, uh, yeah. And even, um, yeah. I believe Jamie, maybe Jamie and Mel and, and, Jamie and Lynn also too. Yeah. we were all, so everyone was a team leader or not everybody, but like you were assigned a team leader. Um, Jamie Lynn was day one, like, and she Crazy. set the bar like so high for everyone, not knowing what we were even like, what is that role? What? And she did like such a good job. I remember 
talking to Mel and Mel yep. was like, I've been watching her. Like, like I am just like, not like shocked, but like, I can't like, like make sure you're writing this down. Make sure you're writing down what Jamie Lynn is doing because we're all going to be leaders one, one of these days. And Mel was the team leader, I think the next day. And she like, Jamie Lynn made sure everyone ate everyone, like every, it was like a very, um, like, um, obviously like as, as a mom too, like, and, and that was one of the things that her and I talked about. She was like, I feel like such a bad mom right now because I'm not home with my kids. And I was like, no, 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 try to flip it and think like, your kids are going to watch you do like insanely incredible things. And in that, at the same time, like seeing her treat all of us, like, I was like, okay, I've never seen you around your kids yet, but I can already tell how incredible you are because of like, you're in a situation that's miserable and you're still being incredible (laughs) to us. (laughs) Yeah. And she, she, I want a t-shirt that says Jamie Lynn Spears saved my life because the stuff <laughs> towards the, toward, no, I'm not kidding because towards the end, I, I don't, you're not, no not be aware, but I, I, yeah, I was getting, I, I was, I had no idea either. I was so, I was trying to hide it from everybody. I was getting confused. I was like, I was out of it. I saw and she just that. Goes, no, I saw you me. really yeah. trying to like, cause obviously we all like, are you okay? Are you, you know? And yeah. it's like, yeah. at a certain point, you don't know what's you know, you never want to be like the annoying one that's kind of like asking a million times and you're like, I'm fine or whatever. Clearly yes. you actually were not fine. But it, like in yes. that moment, nobody knows, you know, what the right thing to do is. And I think yeah, knowing that like Jamie Lynn obviously just took control and like, thank, yep. thank God she did because like, yeah. she, yeah. Yeah, probably saved your life. I don't know. I, I, I could have, I could have just passed out right there in the bed, and you guys would have thought I was asleep or something. It could have easily happened. Yeah. And so, 100%. and I didn't know. I, I was, I was so out of it. But anyway, so enough about me. Um, we're in our closing moments here. Uh, it's interesting to me how when any of us talk about our experiences, we get, we get sort of PTSD spun yeah, up. Like we hot. all have the exact like same with... thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens to every one of us I'm as like, we talk is about. The AC on <laughs> and and I think it, I and I kind of like it. I like that we that it's intense for us because that helps sort of communicate how you know th- how much this meant to us and how extraordinary and how extraordinary lucky to have these experiences that that were you know challenging and, and life changing. And so oh, let me ask you just the last sort of last few minutes. Um, the helicopter. Any thoughts about diving out of the helicopter? Was that a good experience? Intense experience? Were you freaking out about that at all? Or so. These are the moments that I wish like were show or like at least if they're not on TV, I wish we could have like a, re- a highlight reel of like like individually because I remember yeah. I think I'm like again, I wish I would have been able to have a piece of like, you know, a journal or something because I don't remember exactly. I think it was Billy, but when I first first of all, the run to just get to the first stop of the helicopter, that was like <laughs> I I got lost. Oh I ended oh up down God. in the wash. I went down into the wash and got lost. So yeah, That's it was a bit. It, it was 110 way. degrees. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, which yeah. way do I go? And they're like, just go. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I remember getting there and I remember like just standing there like at attention, like not speaking, not trying yeah. to like, you yeah. know, do anything. And I, I, I yeah. believe it was Billy. I don't quite remember, but one of the directing staff said like, are you ready? And I was like, yes, staff. And 
they said, well, you know, like without saying it, but they said like without mentioning, basically, I was they knew I was a gymnast, but they were like, you should be good at this flipping aspect. Right. And I somehow like I was like, I was like, yes, staff, but I'm used to landing on my feet. And like, I know, like, <laughs> and he, because that is the first thing you do, like you learn as an, as a gymnast, no matter what, like curl up in a ball, like pike down, do yeah. whatever it is, but like land on your feet, do not land on your head. And so for 20 plus years of my life, my muscle memory was just pike laying on your feet. And so I was like, oh my God, I'm going to fail the first task. I am not afraid of heights. I am not afraid to flip. I'm not afraid of water. But like, I'm afraid my muscle memory is going to take over right now. And I'm just going to wow. like, you know, try to land on my feet. So he, he like tries so hard not to laugh because it's like, you know, <laughs> it's our first task. You're trying to be serious. And he's like, and then he looks back at me and he goes, <laughs> but I'm sure you managed to land on your head at least once or twice. Right. And I was like, oh my yes, God, staff. So and he goes, funny. so you can do it again. Right. And I was like, yes, staff, I'm ready. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Your jump was good till I remember it. And, and, and it, it, the, the hardest part for me was not the jump, but the getting, I, we, the taller folks like me had to go down to the second rung on the thing. And that was really hard because you're still, you're flying over the Red Sea, you know, with Israel one side and Saudi Arabia on the other. And you're trying to be Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. And then Literally. by the time I got down there, I thought, well, now I can handle it. Yeah, I know. So yeah, the other we thing were. was like none of the um none of the harnesses fit. Everything was too big. First of all, problems I know, but it was really scary for yes. me because we didn't know yes. what was ahead. And so I remember being like, I'm afraid. And our safety girl was amazing, but she was like, I'm gonna put you can have a life jacket if you want. And I was like, No, 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 I can swim. And she was like, I know, but because we don't have a smaller harness. And I was like, Okay. Oh. Did you wear a life jacket? I did for the helicopter one because I didn't know what we were doing. No so, one had gone yeah, yet. Yeah. So, so tell I me. no idea. So what. One of the things, one of the things I wondered was, did the life jacket make things more restrictive and difficult? Like for, you know, for like Montel and Kate who really didn't swim and they, and it seemed to, I don't know, it seemed to get in their way a little bit. Did it get in your way? Not on the like actual flip part. I think because I was so comfortable, like going backwards it was like it was the like up until like no one could fully tell me what the harness was for and i think that's right. why i was panicking because i was like if i'm gonna be dangling by the harness like yeah i, I like yeah. yes i want a life jacket just in case like i can swim but yeah no the light but honestly yeah. it was it was a lot hard because when they kept saying like when you had to swim to like the shore essentially that it was like pulling me Back. Yeah, it was keeping me afloat, but it was pulling yeah. me back. Like I have no idea. Yeah. But yeah, I was. Um, I didn't. I, I had no idea. Like we don't know anything. So it was like the harness is too big. Sure, I will take a life jacket. <laughs> right. The, the, this is the this is the key thing that I that people have to get is that we we were always off balance. We never knew it was coming. Even as simple as run to the helicopter, they wouldn't tell us where to go or how to get. They just go and you figure it out and you're always off balance. And so all that conversation was in the helicopter with Billy? No, it was right before like the helicopter's like flying in to land. So like, yeah. you know, the yeah. wind is picking up and I'm like, yeah, yeah. but I'm used to landing my head. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's the other guy, right? That's that was uh, Foxy that that was on the ground. So I, Billy I, was in the yeah, helicopter was, when they, you got in there, I think. They kind of like switched back and forth, but yeah, they were all oh, okay. Incredible. Yeah, it was it was yeah. amazing. Well, hopefully we'll get to do some sort of reunion, something with those guys and get to see them again. But Nasty, I I appreciate you coming on so much. It's so fun to talk to you as always. And uh, I know I there was a lot of excitement from people in our world that you were going to come in here. I got emails and uh, everyone wanted to hear what you have to say. And it, and it's and it's it's I'm so glad you had a chance to talk about what happened with the uh, car submersion because I knew there was a lot of information missing there. And I and I and it upset yeah. me because I didn't understand. I didn't. You're now, to be clear, everyone's good with everybody, and so no one harbors any resentments or anything uh, on any on any part. But it hurt me to see the people kind of shunning you a little bit, and then what you did yourself. And I was like, eh, that, that that something's wrong, something's missing. So it makes more sense when you tell the whole story. Yeah, and thank you for giving me, you know, the opportunity to do so. So we're we're all family, all and right. I think as I mentioned, the greatest thing that came out of the show was all of us, you know, coming into each other's lives. I agree, my friend. NastiaLucan.com is where you go, and I will no doubt see you very soon. Thank you, Dr. Drew. Thanks, Nastia. And for the rest of you, as I said, uh, we've got probably calls coming tomorrow. We'll talk. There was a lot of on the restream, a lot of chatter about uh, what's going on with the Twitter files and the vaccines and whatnot. I also know that uh, there's going to be a Pfizer executive on one of the Twitter spaces soon to to defend some of the decisions, and I'm fascinated to get that. And then, as you see, Hatfield on Wednesday with Kelly Victory. And uh, we appreciate Nastia coming in here, and we appreciate you all for stopping by. Uh, Special Forces is 9 o'clock uh, on Fox, wherever, whatever that number is in your particular area, Fox Network. And uh, I guess it's probably 8 o'clock Central, I'm guessing. But uh, It says 8, 7 Central. May, uh, Eight. Uh, that was, I think, the original. I think that was the first episode. I think the subsequent ones are nine, eight central. Uh oh. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, but, I'll, I'll update that well, if it's if they changed it. Yeah. Check your listings if if I'm wrong. All right, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow at three o'clock. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.